You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 527, Behind the Scenes with Paloma Faith. Podcasting, is it a smug self-parody of a snooze vest? And Kylie versus Adele. That's all coming up after Sleeper and In Between. First of eight consecutive top 40 singles here in the UK, number 16 in the UK in 1995, the excellent Sleeper and Inbetweener. That is great. What a what a great tune. I love the fact that it rattles along whilst also being quite arch and, wit- and witty. That is that is super great. I, I, I love Sleeper. Um, welcome to the Parish Council. It's episode 527. I'm Terence Stackham and 
in the week it's been revealed she's the new coach of Watford Football Club. It's Juliet Harris. What can I say? The only way is up, baby, for me and Watford, as somebody did not once sing hi everyone. Your turn soon. I know it's not you this week, but you'll be you'll be. Um, well, it's, asking. A bit, it's, it's a bit like my for, for women of my age, our equivalent of national service in the two thousands was being called up to being sugar babes. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, presumably I will get the call at some oh, point. I'm sure you will. Um, actor, presenter, coach on The Voice, mm. and that would be a broad enough uh, career for many of us. But Paloma Faith can also <laughs> add um, five albums. <laughs> and yeah, 30... she's also not bad at singing, it turns out, yeah. Well, that's right, five albums and 39 singles as a singer and songwriter. I've always liked Paloma Faith whenever I've heard tracks of hers. And she has a wonderful voice. But this week, mm. after watching the BBC documentary about her, I mean, now have a kind of deep admiration for her too, because... Well, as I'm not so in touch with the processes needed for getting an artist on tour these days. But back in mm. history, when I was responsible for such things for a while, it was comparatively simple. You book the tour dates, yeah. hired a coach for the band, a big van or truck for the gear and the roadies, gave them a working float, picked someone to be in charge and sent them on their way. So it was abs- it was absolutely eye opening to sit in through this documentary in a meeting of accountants, managers, mm. lawyer, EA, as they set out the challenges of a forthcoming tour. So Jules, what are your what were your impressions of Paloma Faith as I am? Well, I enjoyed this very much. I've, I'm a, a, a huge admirer. I was a huge admirer of Paloma Faith anyway, because she's got that incredible voice that is just, yes. you know, phenomenal. Also, I'd, I'd, I'd also admired her for a very long time as a sort of a turn in that I'd seen her on a couple of chat shows. I'd seen a rather excellent, this was years ago now, her and Russell Brand were booked together to appear on Graham Norton's TV chat show, and they were absolutely hilarious. The way that they bounced off each other was great. She also she also went on um Graham Norton's radio show the one that he used to do on Saturday mornings on on radio too and proved to be an excellent guest and um and she uh, she was uh, said to him well can you say hello to my friend Catherine that's out in the sports car she always calls it the sports car so can you say hello to Catherine in the sports car and he said oh, hello Catherine in the sports car to which she replied it's not a sports car it's a Vauxhall Micra and or <laughs> Nissan Micra and she was really she so I'd always enjoyed her and thought she was full of, full of spirit and didn't take herself too seriously perhaps best by borne out by her replies to the guardian saturday magazine it was weekend and now it's just saturday mm. there's this q a of of celebrities and they asked mostly they have a pot of sort of questions that they ask from the same questions most weeks and she was asked what was your most embarrassing moment to which she replied, I am actually quite embarrassing most of the time. And I just thought that was such a such a good way of looking at it. I enjoyed this a lot. As you say, it was a real eye opener. And mm. I admired her for allowing this level of access. Yes. I didn't really get the impression that there were a couple of things that you felt there might have been a bit more going on in the background. But there wasn't a lot that was held back, I didn't think. And it was mostly focusing on the fact that she would just had a baby and that she wanted to continue on tour. And... And, you know, we were taking the baby with her and it was very it was very telling that the more success you have, particularly as a when I say a woman of a certain age, it is crazy that at the time this documentary started, Paloma Faith was 38 and and yet she was seen as in the last chance saloon as a female pop artist. And you just think mm. that is ridiculous, mm. isn't it? Really? That is mm. so silly. And 
and she um so she's so it's kind of you know focusing on her trying to balance sort of having having the child and the more successful you are the more pressure there is on you to be successful you really got the impression that the record company and her, her managers i thought were were good at balancing the, uh, the pragmatism of that and the reality of that with concern for her it was really it was really sort of they were they were very much walking a tightrope I felt uh the man and the woman that were that were her main managers that we saw and there was this sort of storyline over would, would her fourth album go double platinum because she'd be the first female British female artist to have four double platinum albums and it didn't in the end and she was it was very interesting as to the sort of slight uh, odds with her and the record company as to whether the record was too political I admired she seems as a person very much a principle it seemed like she'd that story that she'd sort of sabotaged her chance first time round to be to be uh, successful in the USA because of the disagreement over whether or not her um, her love interest in the video should be black was that was was, the the fact that she that she said you know I'm not going to change this and then they just didn't do anything with it you know I really really admired her that she seemed like a genuine and also she seemed genuinely working class as well I loved the fact I mean her accent is just incredible this kind of you know that she is you don't hear many massively cockney accents in 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 public life due to the point when they were trying to find a comparison the only person they could really find was barbara windsor couldn't they really in terms of which i thought was a pathetic comparison to be honest yeah absolutely and um yeah, and 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 you know perhaps Amy Winehouse, although I think they perhaps mm-hmm. wanted to swing clear of that comparison. I can I can guess yeah. why. Interestingly, she was asked to be in Amy Winehouse's band apparently back in the really? day, but ended up doing her own solo stuff instead. So well, of course, you know, coming from Hackney, it makes sense, doesn't it? But um, mm. but yeah, I thought this was really interesting and illuminating. She came across very well. She came across as someone that genuinely cared for the welfare of her of her her children because of course she's since had a second child and the and the back end of the documentary is dealing with the fact that she wants to have another kid and the record company aren't my keen on that so so mm. it's it was really it was nice the access as well in that we heard a lot from her mother we heard a lot from her partner we heard a lot from one of her friends I, I i thought this was a really interesting and enlightening and occasionally quite depressing look into how the how the music industry works and and how you know and how that does that's not very child friendly not very female friendly and also i thought what was really well done was the last bit of the documentary which didn't feel that bolted on actually um uh, dealing with corona basically and what that sort of meant and that sort of thing so i thought it was really really interesting Mm. i I remember we talked once a short while ago about Mm. um demi demi lovato oh yes we did yes we saw that that film didn't we yeah yeah, that's right. And one of the differences we, we talked about that time was of being a solo performer and in a band is that as a solo artist, you can't have a bad day. Mm. Yeah, everyone is relying on you and depends on you. And that's an enormous pressure in itself. Yes, and absolutely. I, I did think the most telling aspect of a really excellent film this is, is mm. the compromise that needs to be made by a woman who is a pop star yes. but is also the mother of a baby and yes. I agree with that her management team were walking a tightrope but one of the passing comments mm. um, 
by somebody in a professional circle rather curious in the in i thought was a complete lack of understanding it was uh paloma was was worrying that her sick child and nanny have gone back to london yeah and the manager was whittering on about her singing the national anthem at the cup oh, yes, cup yes. Like, <laughs> but um, what was very interesting about that was that he was pressuring her to do it yes. and she said not unreasonably it's not a great idea for me to do this given some of the public statements that yes. i've made and he he completely switched yeah, and like yeah. completely went along with her he mm. was less impressive than the female manager i think uh, the female I manager so ennis yeah. was quite was quite interesting she she seemed to get it more whereas yes. yes he was a bit of a bulldozer the bloke and what, what, what why on earth you know what what is it that makes the bloke a bulldozer but the woman more empathetic with a woman mm. that's having kids who's to Say. Exactly. Because it was, I thought there was an overwhelming honesty and intimacy, as you, you oh, rightly said in this yes. film, makes it really compelling. I, I wonder if women will find it and Paloma empowering, or whether pe- perhaps also rather angry as it as, as it sort of shows the challenges yes. women face in the workplace, and in this case, a very unusual workplace. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, superbly filmed, produced and directed by Jane Mingay. Paloma Faith As I Am. It's available on the, on the BBC iPlayer until March 2022. But I would I would fall under the door now if I were you, because it's really great. It's really worth your time. Yeah. It was very, very absorbing. I didn't find myself. I planned to do other things whilst watching it and then I didn't because it was really mm. interesting. Yes, exactly. Coming right up, everybody's a podcaster now. Is it all a big snore fest? That's next after Sigma with Paloma Faith. Held down heaven now, living in the same town, trying to find something new. Broken picture frame, I've been frozen in, trying to find a better view. This ain't me, this ain't cool, this ain't
feel slightly bad about picking what's called what she jokingly referred to as a collab rather than an individual song by Paloma because she's made many great records. I don't know if it's still an iPlayer or not, but if you can try and find her appearance at the Electric Proms for the BBC, that was absolutely fantastic. But um, I love this song. It's got real spirit about it. I really feel a sense of optimism when I hear it. And the, the idea of... Um, you know, of grappling with change. And sometimes that is scary and sometimes it's very freeing. I, I love this this record. And I think that Paloma's vocals take it from really good to, to absolutely fantastic. There's such a such an energy to it. I think it's wonderful. That's Sigma with Paloma Faith and Changing. Oh, it emphasises how to produce note-perfect singing without losing the feel of the song. She's a wonderful yes. singer. She really she is. is. She, she, she's got character, but she doesn't over-sing. And I think that's yeah. great. Absolutely. Um, bearing in mind this podcast has been running for nearly 11 years, uh, the world of podcasting has gone through, I think, three stages in that time. From, oh, yes, go on. From podcast, what's a podcast, um, to genuine sort of innovation and a new mm. way of reaching people, right through to the current day where it feels like you are unusual if you don't host or guest Quite. on a podcast. And I think in the same way that punk meant you no longer needed a Persian carpet, 50 yeah. road crew and a multi-million dollar advance from a record company. So now to say you have a podcast means you only need to get a microphone and a laptop or a tablet and you're a podcaster. This week, the Daily Telegraph ran a column that broadly voiced that view. It was written by Jessa Crispin, who intriguingly has the Twitter name or handle um, at Crispin Podcast. And this is because mm. she has... Uh, a fortnight back, hosted the 100th episode of her own podcast, Public Intellectual, with Jessa Crispin. Anyway, in her Daily Telegraph piece, Jessa says that podcasting, presumably not her own, has become a <laughs> smug, self-parodic snooze. Is she right, Jules? Well, I mean, it, it is fair to say that, that people having podcasts has become a bit of a joke. I'm a very mm -hmm. big fan of an online um, sort of cartoon series uh, called The Life of Sharks, but it's now known as The Afterlife of Sharks. And there is this lovely sort of uh, drawing each day. And uh, this four panel um, this four panel thing shows um, shows a hammer-headed shark at a press conference with lots of people in the uh, sharks in the audience with microphones. Welcome to this press conference with the first megalodon we've discovered in millions of years. And then there's a large shark at the at, at the podium. And one of the questions is, after all these years hidden from the world, have you anything to say? To which there's a pause and the, and the shark replies, please subscribe to my new podcast. It's sponsored <laughs> by Audible. And uh, and that is, I think, whenever whenever anybody is interviewed about anything, it's like, well, you can find out more about this on my podcast. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, I'm speaking to someone that does bore on to people about the podcast they co-host occasionally. I saw a lot of myself in that Megalodon shark at the podium. So this um, this this piece that we've got here, I mean, I can see some of the points she's making. I mean, it is hilarious that she is criticising podcasts with literally her name and her podcast in her Twitter handle. One wonders about the, uh, the level of self-awareness that is going mm -hmm. on here. I mean, I think she's... I think she's right in that, and it's a, she makes she's right to make the comparison with rolling news in that the more it's, it's like you're having to say more and more about less and less, aren't you? So 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 <laughs> it's 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 like you know the more that happens, the less there seems to be to to say, and it is. I I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, and now I listen to less because it's really it's it's the you know the easiest podcast format is the one that we've got i think which is oh here, well here's two people talking about some stuff and and it is really difficult to keep that fresh because if there's loads of that mm. 
you know what 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 makes it interesting it's the same thing as tv or radio i suppose really a radio is perhaps the most obvious comparison you know how how can you keep a format fresh how do you keep it entertaining it's 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 a difficult one i tend to find that that the podcast that i listen to now they have to have a sort of a focus to them so i do quite like the true crime podcast like serious like like serial um and I like sort of some of the Times new. The Times do an excellent podcast that I've got very into called Stories of Our Times, which is daily, and they focus on one news story daily, or right. they might do a series of things. So they did a series. They had a woman do an incredible investigation into gay conversion therapy, and they did they did a seven parter on that. They also did a several parter on David Cameron's bother with Green Seal that they did recently, and that was really interesting. And I find individual episodes of things like that. They had the, the I mean, often they have Times journalists on as the guest, but they had the um the woman that writes about retail talking about the supply chain crisis and what it means. And I find things that that focus in detail on a particular thing the podcast song exploder which they talk about a, a song and they talk to someone that's written a particular song for 20 minutes and they unpack the process of how it was written and how it was made I, I i like the podcasts that are in detail because it's very easy and i i think that that you know the podcasts i listen to that are this sort of setup the two people talking work because they're structured and i think that podcasting a lot of podcasting went downhill because i think a lot of people think they have the same misconception about podcasting as they do about radio, which is, oh, you just switch on a couple mm. of mics and you just have a chat and that's automatically going to be really good. No, it isn't. There's an awful lot of underpinning and planning to make and editing to make these sort of things really good. So I think that the podcasting is great because it allowed amateurs like me that wouldn't otherwise necessarily have a route into radio to do something like this and to make audio content and to have a lot of fun doing it but equally it then meant that you end up with a lot of people that just aren't very good because they just don't really yeah. understand what what you know what the, the work that goes into creating a quality audio experience <laughs> i think the rise in the number of podcasts can be seen in a similar light to how technology has meant that anybody can produce music mm. these days um you just need some free software and again that tablet yeah. or laptop i was i was reading an article um in music business worldwide um this week where it's revealed that 60,000 tracks are uploaded to spotify every single day and which is nearly one track every second of every day 365 wow. days a year and spotify estimate that um by december 2021 they'll have they'll they'll host 70 million tracks of music oh. now what <laughs> so what's good and what is not so good is in the ear of the listener and so mm. it is with podcasting but the issue is the same with both music on spotify yeah. and podcasting on whatever platform how do you find your kind of music or in the case we're talking about your podcast in that 70 million and mm. and that's a challenge yet to be resolved i mean yes word of mouth is probably still the best recommendation or if you like that then you might like this you know type of yeah. software but it's very possible that the good is being drowned out by the indifferent. And I wish, but um, yeah, talking about um, the devaluation of it, I mean, I wish there was a new word for what we do, because it was kind of cool to say, oh, <laughs> I'm on this podcast, you know, 11, mm. 12 years ago. But now that everybody and their brother and sister is a podcaster, it feels a, a bit sort of devalued as you, with your, your shocks. Um, <laughs> so, um, no, I was thinking of, um, w w could we call it, um, instead of podcasting, ear sounds? or Ear um, sounds, I quite like yeah, that. Communication 
cast, communication cast, or sensory reception. I, I, <laughs> like sensory reception sounds like weren't they part of the Canterbury folk and prog scene in the sort of the <laughs> late sixties, early seventies? That is, but that's that's a prog rock band. That's not a name for a podcast. Maybe we have to stick with uh, with podcast. Coming up <laughs> next, Kylie Adele. It's yeah. the fight of the century. That's right after the Water Boys. He gets away with being rude Cause everyone's scared of his quicksilver moods The soul singer He's been around for 50 years Every crease of his face is a souvenir The soul singer He's seen it all Next to nothing left to prove Climbed through the top Been through the ringer Ladies and gentlemen The soul singer Likes to grumble Loves to scoff About all of the cats Who ripped him off The soul singer He's done crazy He's suffered loss For the life that he lives He's paid the cost, the soul singer They call him curmudgeon, say he's a churl Stories follow him round the world Hear this one, man, a humdinger Ladies and gentlemen, the soul singer single taken from their excellent album from last year mike scott says that they have more ex-members 
than Dex's or the Falls. So I did some research, mm. and the Waterboys actually win by a wide margin. 74 former members of the Waterboys um, from the 2000, well, 2020 album, Good Luck Seeker, the Waterboys and the Soul Singer. I enjoyed that very much. The Waterboys often have sort of, if you pardon the pun, floated by my sort of stream of the lay of the last few years. But no, good to hear that. I enjoyed it. Hmm. So, so yeah, they've got 74 former members for um for the record. The fall 43, Dex is mm. 44. Oh so wow. Be, but but do they but but have they ever included Granny on Bongos? Because uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because she this, was this very album. Much, yeah, the core of the fall. <laughs> this album, Good Luck Seeker, that this track comes from, it's a really interesting album. It's got a cover of a Kate Bush song on it as well, oh, which they it? do really well. It's uh, nice. what, why should why should I love you from the Red Shoes? So it's interesting. Oh wow, I might check that out. That sounds good. Na 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 na. Not only is this week the twentieth anniversary of that David Beckham free kick goal against Greece, yes, that took us to the wow. two thousand and two World Cup. Twenty years, wow! It's also the same twentieth anniversary of one of the great pop songs, Kylie's "Can't Get You Out of My Head." Um, it reached number one in forty countries around the world. I mean, surely ensuring that the writers Kathy Dennis and Rob Davis never need to work again. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I've heard it referred to as Kathy Dennis's gold-plated pension plan yeah, before. Absolutely amazingly, before Kylie picked it up, uh, can't get you out of my head. It was turned down by Sophie Ellis Bexter and S Club Seven. Wow. Um, this week we learned that we need to, oh gosh, we need to mobilise the country in protest. We need to start petitions, march to Whitehall, because Kylie Minogue confirmed this week that after 30 years of living in London, she's planning on moving on back to Australia. Oh, uh, Jules, we need to bring in emergency legislation to stop this. I mean, it's like handing back the Elgin marbles. It is, absolutely. And Kylie is, you know, my favourite honorary Brit, I think. there are there. It takes a lot for you to get slid into the honorary Brit co- sort of mm. column. She's very much there. With, I think Frankie de Tour is an honorary Brit as well, isn't yes. he? Those, these, these sort of honorary Brit. I am, I am sorry that we're losing Kylie from our shores. I mean, obviously, it's totally her choice as to how she wishes to live her life. And I think lockdown's done a lot to people thinking about how they wish to sort of live out their days. I adore Kylie Minogue. I always have done she she gets all my sort of ticks in boxes because I don't think she takes herself that seriously and that's always a guarantee for you to to sort of uh for you to be on my good list I, I, I can't get you out of my head an, an incredible song that that doesn't do a lot really it's just there is no there's hardly there isn't a middle eight there's hardly anything to it really it just it just flicks back and forth um incredibly well produced and also the 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 the, the sort of the fulcrum of a rather mad book that I I read um that, that is years ago that it was originally published in 2003 by um the music journalist and cultural commentator paul morley called words and music a history of pop in the shape of a city and this uh, basically it's its style takes the form of a robotic kylie minogue traveling with paul morley in a cyber car towards the city of sound and ideas and the starting point of the history this history of pop are two the two tunes that he's taken to hang everything around is can't get you out of my head by kylie and alvin lucia's experimental i am sitting in a room and he writes an entire book based around the swing between these two pieces and it is 
it is the most nonsensical thing I've ever read and it's absolutely fantastic. I cannot recommend it highly enough because of how deeply weird it is. And he, you know, even someone that is serious as Paul Morley absolutely understands the importance of Can't Get You Out of My Head because it is, it's just a steamroller, isn't it, that song? And the minute that, that it kicks in, you know, they've, they, it's adaptable. There was an excellent mashup that she did at the Brits in the mid-2000s, I think, called Can't Get Blue Monday Out of My Head. Oh, that was wonderful. Irresistible, wasn't it, really? So that that was a big hit in its own right, I think. They released it in the end. Just, uh, it's it's there's something about that that it, it almost it, it's so meta in that it acknowledges that it is itself an earworm so can't get you out of my head because it is just that endless repeating riff and then with the na na na's on top of it it is just it just bores its way into you doesn't it and it can't it can't it, you can't you can't get it out of your head it's it's a wonderful tune it was also a good example of how to capitalize on a good comeback because Kylie's comeback after, mm. a, a, you know, sort of a, 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 her malaise in the mid to late 90s, the impossible princess disaster, all that sort of thing. She did her comeback with Light Years, the excellent album Light Years with Spinning Around, which is a marvellous song. And, you know, she she was back in the public eye. How on earth do you, cap, you know, do, do, you, do you spend that capital? Do you, do you just let it peter out again? But the idea that she went, that she used her comeback and then topped it off with can't get you out of my head and the fever album just you know what a way to to convert the uh, what a way to convert the try i suppose really she uh, she yes. absolutely you know she understood and doesn't it just go to show there's a whole alternative history of people that should have done songs that didn't that turned things down that you know that that, that mm. should have done stuff and didn't um sophia especially has gone on to have an excellent career and again an excellent renaissance with with her kitchen discos that mm. sort of rebooted her which i wish her every success by the way i think it's so lovely that something that they just did i think just as a sort of a passing time and cheering people up has given her such success would it have been as good with sophie Alice bexter i don't know i it's, it's one of those songs where you feel a bit like i'll never fall in love again i'm not convinced anyone could ruin can't get you out of my head i think it would work whatever but it's it's a testament to the power of kathy dennis and rob davis's songwriting another interesting thing apologies i've said this in the podcast before and um, so kathy dennis's other big hit um or other other big sort of songwriting payday was toxic for britney spears Oh yeah, she wrote that as well. And there is a, a floating around on YouTube a demo of Gosh. Toxic with Kathy Dennis singing the vocal to sort of demonstrate. And what it shows is, as much as we like and have sympathy for Britney Spears, the vocal. My friend's partner walked in when she was playing it, and he said, "Oh, I didn't know you were listening to Britney Spears. Didn't know you were a fan." There is absolutely no difference between Kathy Dennis's mm. vocal, all of the little trills, all of the kind of the the, the vocalization, is Kathy Dennis's vocal. There was there is very little that Britney added to that by the sound of it because it is hers. So who knows? May I'll be interested to. I wonder if there is a demo of "Can't Get You Out of My Head" sung by Kathy Dennis and whether mm. it sounds the same. I, I I don't know. But hearing her do "Toxic," I have to say it did it did increase the 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 admiration for the songwriter in that, and it rather decreased my admiration for the performer because it didn't do a lot. So I'd be interested to see if if mm. "Can't Get You Out of My Head" was a similar deal or not. Kylie always looks good, but I was surprised in a way this week. And in the nicest possible way, I was surprised to read this week that she's only 53 Mm. because it 
it shows or, or, or confirms, I suppose, just how young she was when she became yes. so famous. 18 when she joined the cast of Neighbours, 19 when she yeah. first recorded with Stock, Aitken and, and, and Waterman. And of course, now she's beyond stardom. Uh, she's the princess of pop. She is. And there was a lovely, I don't know if it's still on iPlayer, but there was a lovely little uh, thing that was on. They, it was repeated, I think. It's it's really quite old now, I think. It's, it's got some age to it. But um, Kylie Minogue did a sort of, a, I can't remember if it's called Star Stories, but there was a funny little programme with her and Dermot O'Leary in, I think it was the Electric Ballroom or one of those tiny little cinemas mm. in London, which he, they sat in it and he showed her clips from her career from the beginning to sort of, you know, the, the, to whenever their present day was then. And that's really worth watching, to see her watching her career is really quite moving because again not dissimilar to the Paloma thing she's really honest I think and I wonder if the secret to success and I've often thought this about now she's forgotten I think now largely as a pop star Louise I uh, formerly mm. Louise Nerding then Louise Redknapp um, launched a solo career um, mm. off the back of Eternal the, the, the girl band that she was in now She's not remembered as a, you know, as a, as a great artist of pop necessarily. She's not, she's not remembered as a, um, as a, you know, a, as a big singer. She's had, um, let me count them on this. What? So if we go top twenty hits, she's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve top mm. twenty hits between, between yeah, between 90, yeah, between nineteen ninety five and two thousand and three, and of those, um. So they were number eight, 17, 5, 5, 9, 4, 10, 11, 3, 13, 4 and 5. Mm. Now, you'd think, I mean, bless her, she's she, she not got, she's got a fine voice. She wouldn't say she had a great voice. Mm. How how did Louise have all those hits? How did she have all those people that worked with her, that were willing to work with her? And do you know what I think it is? I think she's a really nice person and I think she's easy to work mm. with. And whenever she goes on things, she always seems pleasant. She always seems fine. And I wonder if the secret to a certain level of success in the music industry, and Kylie is perhaps, the, I, I suspect mm. Kylie is the same, just, and it's a difficult balance to not have people walk all over you, as mm, we kind of saw in yes. the Paloma documentary. Yeah. And that's more difficult if you're to avoid that if you're a woman, I think. But equally, if you are nice and pleasant to work with, you know, maybe that is the key to success. Someone asked Rylan on uh, our, our friend of the, I say friend of the podcast, vaguely, but uh, you know, my my former my former broadcasting partner, Rylan, yes. who um, Rylan Gluttony, who I, I asked him, he was asked on Twitter by someone, you know, why on earth is Rylan on everything, you know, and he just said, easy to work with. And that was that was and and maybe there is something in that. That's typical modesty by him, but maybe if you're just if you just get on with things, if you turn up on time, if you show up, if you're pleasant to be around, maybe that's a factor in keeping you successful and keeping you going. Because if people are, if you're easy to work with, people remember that and they just, people just want an easy life ultimately. Yeah. So, so, and in the pop world where there are egos and divas everywhere, maybe, maybe just being pleasant to work with gets you a very long way. I, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a, a very, very valid point. Driving into London to go to Stamford Bridge last Saturday, mm. we saw the number 30 first ah, yes. onto digital advertising on the Hammersmith flyover. And this was repeated in many cities around the world. It was a teaser, as we now know, for the new album from Adele. Mm. Who it, it could be argued that while she, she hasn't been in the spotlight as long as Kylie, she may hold a similar level of stratospheric success and standing around the world. 
Um, we've since had a further teaser of a 20-second video clip from a track called mm. Easy On Me. I guess no matter what anybody thinks, Adele's new album, 30, will be eye-wateringly successful, Jules. Absolutely. You'd think, wouldn't you? And and again, she's someone who it, it, it could easily become a victim of her own success, talking about the Paloma Faith albums earlier. And once you have big albums, there's then a pressure to keep being big. And every time... She has come back so far. You've all, I've thought because you know when she came back with the um uh, with, with the with the one she had for a um hello the one she had with twenty five before she came out with that I thought oh you know how on earth is she gonna you know capitalize on the success of that and the minute that you heard hello you just realised that it was an enduringly great song so I haven't actually heard easy on me yet so so I'd be interested to I understand from reports that it is another large ballad which she is 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 want to do as a sort of a comeback. I think I think by the way that Skyfall is one of the best Bond themes ever for one of the best Bond, Bond films ever I absolutely adore that I think she was perfect for it and it was it was so good I've always rather liked Adele she's not she again is a hackney native I think maybe there's something about female pop stars oh no she's from Tottenham I think maybe something about pop well London Borough of Hackney I suppose uh, is, is she's from you know North London female pop stars in North London they seem to be it don't they we love Amy we love Paloma you know we, we like Adele she's she's so She's just got immense talent. There's a conversation to be having. I was having this with a female friend of mine yesterday about her wildly changed image, her enormous weight loss in such a short amount of time. And as sort of women that very much look up to strong female performance, we were sort of talking around our feelings of it is entirely up to Adele how she lives her life. And I, you know, and I as a as a woman, as a feminist that is sick of women being ragged on for their appearance all the time. You know, I don't want to comment on that or take any choice away from Bedell, but at the same time, it is a little bit of a shame that one of the few larger women in public life who was very much in, you know, leaning into the fact that she was a larger woman now isn't. And that is a bit of a shame. I'm sorry that that aspect of her is is seemingly lost from public life. I keep seeing her on things and not realising it's her until mm, until, you know, sort of someone. It's an astonishing don't... change, isn't it? Well, and she's got a different face. You know, it's, mm, it's really has. strange, isn't it? But but then having said that, that is that is her choice. I, I want I mean, you know, I would be interested and concerned about the reasons behind it but that is you know i hope that she's doing this for her and because it's something that she unalloydedly wants to do herself but i'm pleased to have adele back i think she's a woman of astonishing talent and also a very special person i think it was lovely last summer to watch her glastonbury set again be repeated and the kindness that she showed to girls that she pulled up on stage with her i thought was just a really lovely thing um so i wish adele every success like you i prefer her up tempo numbers to uh to to these sort of big belting ballads having said that when adele does ballads they annoy me less than when most other people do ballads so um so i'm i'm more than happy to support her in her balladic endeavors as you say, Adele can follow whatever course she wishes and she has a terrific singing voice. But uh, yes, on a personal note, I hope there is just a little move away from shouty ballads. But uh, who knows? We may be surprised. Absolutely. And I hope that we will hear some of her. Um, she's already uh, criticised Man, ha- uh, Man Hancock, as my friend calls him, or, ha- yeah. uh, or uh, indeed Matt Hancock. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if she is 
continues to be outspoken. And again, you know, that Paloma Faith acknowledged that in her film, didn't she, really? Mm. That because she's outspoken in certain ways, we were showed that that might limit some of your opportunities. Mm. And, and that's a choice that you make. The fact that, you know, was it appropriate for her to say to sing God Save the Queen at the FA Cup final? And they're like, oh, it's, the manager was like, it's good for you to be closer to the Royals. You know, sure. you can that, that maximises your, exactly, yeah. maximise your income. And her view was, but that means... You know, it's difficult because I've said stuff in the past and I'll say stuff again. And so so interesting to see that Adele, you know, how how, you know, how Adele will continue to navigate that having caused controversy in the past. Um, you know, let's see what happens. Mm. Well, thanks very much for listening this uh, week. Um, yeah, now, absolutely. Yes, I very much echo uh, Terence's sentiments. Now, if Kylie is the princess of pop, then Juliet must be the queen of audio broadcasting. And um, on that basis, we can hear more of you um, on the radio this weekend. Well, yes, you can, although you have to listen to pre-recorded me this weekend because I am I'm not doing a show this evening because I am back in the wild. Nature has continued to heal and I'm playing records at the Piper Pub in St. Leonard's on this very Sunday, the um, Sunday, the 10th of October. So if you hear this and you fancy a trip to the sea, do jump in your car instantly and come and see me. Otherwise, if you wish to recreate the Sunday music uh, radio show on evenings that I usually do, you can go to Mixler.com and search my name, Juliet Harris. I have a channel on there and if you press a button that says showreel you will be able to experience smooth sailings passim and indeed Saturday socials passim from back in the day and uh, find yourself a nice relaxing mix of music for a Sunday evening that will uplift and entertain. <laughs> and to um, to play us out Jules, is, well this is a really superb cover of Radiohead. Yes, it is. This is really funky. It caused some controversy amongst more po-faced Radiohead oh. fans at the time. But, um, you know, what doesn't? Um, I, this comes from Mark Ronson's excellent album, Version, uh, released in the mid-2000s. Uh, the most famous track from that now is, of course, him and Amy Winehouse doing Valerie together. That was the mm. real sort of standout from that album that, that you know, relaunched a lot of careers, I think, off the back of that. But um, I really like this. It's um, the Phantom Planet, a guest is on this. It's an album of covers with various guests on them there's it's an album that's worth investigating but i really enjoyed it phantom planet i think perhaps most famous for providing the theme tune to teen program the oc in the in the 2000s they did california i think that was that was their claim to fame but this excellently funky version of um i would never have thought to do this in this song but this is their funky version of just by radiohead can't get the stink off he's been
Listening to a Parish Council production. <laughs> <laughs>